HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit internationalculinarycenter.com. Hey, 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 I'm Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte, and I just have to say that uh, there are so many great shows on Heritage Radio Network. One of my favorite ones, outside of my own, of course, uh, is the Beer Sessions Radio with our brother Jimmy, and uh, you know he's been doing it quite a bit longer than I have, but for some reason, he's never had a keg in the studio, so I can't believe I totally beat him. <laughs> <laughs> to putting a keg in the studio. Of course, ours is filled with one of my favorite cocktails. And thankfully, the boys from Donna brought that into the studio today. We've got Matt, Leaf, and... Yeah, there we go. And Jeremy. Welcome I, back I to the show, I never break that out, but Thank we have to. Oh, us. that's that's totally appropriate, Jack. <laughs> it's good to be here, man. Yeah, it's great to have you guys back, man. Um, you guys... Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for bringing in a keg cocktail to the studio. That's just... Super baller. Uh, That's the whole reason we started doing it at the bar in the first place. It's just so we can, <laughs> so bring you can it travel in with here it right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just so we can bring so it to you. Nice, nice. Um, well, that's that's amazing. That's badass. And you know what? I know you guys have had like a little rocky pass recently, and so to come back super strong like that—that's huge, man. So I mean, I mean, let's talk about the the elephant room, man. I mean, like yeah. you guys, you guys had a you had an issue. And now you're back. Yeah, it was it was a you know I mean it was a very difficult year, um, but I think that now we're about six weeks into service again, and more than anything, I think we're just grateful to be back. And yeah. we actually were, were able to use the experience, which was a fire. We had a fire in November, mm -hmm. um, to make improvements to the space that we wouldn't have been able to make otherwise. See, I think that's interesting, and, and I, I want to hear about more about that. And I, I, I was wondering about it if there were 
When you had to fire and then you had to like rebuild, and like what's what were some of the improvements that you got to make? Well, you know, it's like those when you build a bar, I think you have this idea of what the space is going to be, and then what ends up happening is that your customers are going to tell you something a little bit different, like they might want something different than you're initially prepared to service. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that being said, too, you've, you've also already spent all of your money, so you're not going to be fixing anything right off the bat. So, well, well also, I think like the, the actual physical space yeah. dictates a lot of what you can do. It, absolutely. Right? You know. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, at a certain point, so we had like um, issues with the air conditioning system that we had put in initially was just never strong enough. Or to- not, not put in? <laughs> at the first two weeks, we didn't even have <laughs> air right, conditioning yeah. of the bar <laughs> being up, and we we're like, uh, this, yeah. it's... We can't. It's like sweaty. It's like a the the jungle exhibit. Of the we spent so much. We spent so much time and money like <gasps> insulating the room to protect from sound going to our neighbors, neighbors above. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that it also trapped heat, and so when that room was packed, <laughs> that heat wasn't going anywhere. The windows would fog up in the yeah. bar. Like, yeah, yeah you just get gnarly. On the like in the summer, they're fogging up. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was. You know. It was it, like I, I loved it, and like we talked about it last time we were on the show. I just love the design of the place, <laughs> and like I remember that when you guys opened, and it really felt like you were like in Havana. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, literally from the temperature, yeah, it felt yeah. like you were yeah. in, closer to the equator. Yeah, than, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I remember at one point too, it got so bad that I ran to Chinatown and bought hand fans and distributed them to people, and then yeah. it was like awesome. it was pretty amazing. Well, then people had this like crazy fan dance party, and everybody's using them as props for yeah. their, you know. That's, that's amazing though it's like that's that's the kind of stuff like I don't think that a bar should ever be like perfect you know? I know and it no. never will be which and is that, you but, know. but like all those like you know those inventions they're born out of necessity exactly and exactly. like that's when you know but there, that was what happened like after, when the fire first of all when the fire first happened the damage was not like some people were like oh you, I heard you guys got burned down we didn't get burned down we actually had really limited fire damage we had a little more water damage because the sprinkler system that put out the fire, you know. I think the soundproofing put out the fire. Yeah, no <laughs> well, that was the whole reason that there was a lot of damage in the first place is because there's so much soundproofing and insulation in the ceiling mm-hmm. that a bunch of firefighters with an infrared scope couldn't even see where the fire was in the ceiling because there's so much soundproofing. So they were just like punching holes oh, randomly yeah. trying to figure out where it was. Oh, man. But we, we got to that point and then we we're like, okay, we're obviously not reopening tomorrow. So we're, we're looking at the damage that was there and we sat down and we we're like, what? Okay, if we're going to have to rebuild anyway, what are the things that we have ha- has ever bothered us that we would maybe want to fix? And let's get it priced out and see if we can do it this time around. Maybe with the monies that come from the insurance, we can take that opportunity. And so we ended up doing that. And um, the major ones were just uh, putting in ducted air conditioning, so like a fully blown system, Mm -hmm. um, and um, re-pouring the main bar so that the curvature of it was less dramatic than it used to be. Because when it, it, it used to bother me that people would just, it would just become a bottleneck. It was there. like a trap. People would get I, yeah. sucked you know, in. I did to notice the that. I went there. Yeah, I, I noticed that last week uh, after the show. Uh, I had the, the folks from the 12 Bottle Bar on Lovely People. And Nick, one of your bartenders, Nick Settle. Yeah. Um, he uh, he studio bombed us. Uh, he might actually do it today. <laughs> I'm sure he, he knows that we're here. He knows <laughs> that we're here. I think he's, I think he's holding down the shop today yeah. for you guys. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, and then we went to Don afterwards. It was my first time to be there since uh, since you guys reopened. Yeah, yeah. And, and the place still looks as lovely as ever. But I did notice the. I was like, am I just? Is my memory just off, or is the bar 
actually different. So that's interesting. Yeah. And it's it's been amazing, just like the effect of that. You know, it's those little tiny subtle things that your average customer probably isn't going to notice. Exactly. What I notice now is that the bar gets full first. That never used to happen. People would sit in tables first, and then eventually the bar area would fill up because I think the bar would just get too crowded because the shape was kind of, it was so tight. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that's like that's where people head to first. It seems. Which yeah, we is also great. we also kind of made it smaller. So now there's there's probably like two thirds as many seats that fit there now. But it's more comfortable. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's spread out. So like, yeah. what would happen if if you're on the inside of a circle and you're at the point of the circle? The person who's standing next to you is actually behind you. Right. So right. that's an awkward way to have, a conversation, have a conversation with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we were able to fix it this time around, you know, and um, it's been it's amazing. It's amazing to make there's there's a I think a psychology to architecture. Absolutely. And, um, people and spaces that are built out with that in mind. And if you can tweak little tiny things, it affects the way that people move in the space and the way that they enjoy themselves in it. Yeah. I hate to bring it up, but uh, like. You know, John Taffer from Bar Rescue. I still love watching, oh, yeah. I love watching that show. Yeah, there's a lot I'm, to learn from it. I mean, there's a lot to learn. I mean, like... Jeremy's <laughs> wife has turned down that show, I think, five times now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, but the thing is, like, as someone who manages bars, yeah. ma- you're managing every part of everything. You yeah. know, like, it, even if you're not the manager, as a bartender, you should be aware of everything that's going on in totally. place. And, like, mm. there are certain little tweaks that he does in the show that, like, like you were saying, like, with the bar, it's like... Just making these like minor adjustments. They seem minor, but they're actually like huge. Totally, you know? totally yeah. huge. Getting getting the room opened up a little bit more so people can actually go to the bathroom. Yep. Like and not fight their way through the yeah. crowd. You know. Yeah. I noticed that for sure. Like yeah. when I was at the bar again yeah. uh, last week. Um, just well, I mean, like, not that I was fighting anyone to go to the bathroom or anything, but like I, just, I, I noticed how like more. It seemingly open the space was, and mm-hmm. like it's a big airy space, so it, you need to have like all the elements of that going along with it. Yeah, and I think it's like it was. I was wondering why you guys were down for so long, yeah. but I, like now I know. I, you know, it's like it's cool to like take that time and be able to even. Well, and you know, I think there. I mean, obviously there was those improvements that took some time, but ironically, like when people are like, "Well, what took so long?" It was. It wasn't even those improvements. It was the insurance. It, you know, if anybody has ever gone through an insurance process, you know, I mean, yeah. they would understand. It's it takes an incredible amount of time. It was two months before their investigation was over. Yeah. And then another two months to settle, and then took us some yeah, time to rebuild. Yeah, you can't even clean up until the yeah. investigation is done. There was there were drinks, like half-full drinks that <laughs> yeah, people like had been months. drinking that afternoon there was a bucket uh, of when limes. the fire happened. Yeah, just yeah, a bucket of limes the bar back was prepping when the yeah, fire happened. Yeah, it was happened. like, like, like a cutting board yeah, with a lime yeah. cut <laughs> half into wedges it, for it two was, months. It was like walking months. into Pompeii or something. Yeah, yeah totally, like totally in was. Time. You're like, that's wow. what was happening when this went down. Oh, like, man. Those people were getting Jeremy, you should call me, man. I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That would have been a really good photo essay. Uh, we, took some yeah. pic- we took some pictures. Matt yeah. has some, yeah. I have a bunch, yeah. That literally sat there for two months. We actually, we're going to be putting out a time-lapse video for from the fire to the rebuild, um, that should be done probably in another couple of weeks. And yeah, well, that'll, that'll be on your website. That'll right? be on our website. Yeah. 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 It's Donna B K L Y N. That's right. Dot com. Dot com. Yeah. Cool. I can't wait to see that. That's yeah, awesome. Be awesome. We'll like, we'll link that on the uh, on our website. Excellent. And, like, cool. Blast Thanks. it out. Yeah. Um, well, I mean. That's uh, that's that's kind of crazy, man. I'm just thinking about like lime sitting on a cutting board for two months. Like, oh man, it gives me like a panic attack. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, totally I couldn't is. even go into the space. Eventually, you know, after the first couple of weeks of like having to go there with insurance, you know, adjusters, etc. 
I just stopped because it was just depressing because you yeah. couldn't do anything about it, you know? Man, I've, I've had to deal with claims like when like my band's stuff got ripped yeah, off like yeah. out of a car. But, like, I mean, like, I get, I get really impatient with, like, having no cash on me and buying a metro card with my debit card you know it's like i feel like that takes forever it's like <laughs> it sounds like like the craziest nightmare but but the good news is that you guys are back that's that is and 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 yeah. i'm so grateful man i mean there's nothing like going through something like this to be appreciative of having this business back again and i love it it's an incredible bar i'm really proud of it's it it's an incredible bar and it's absolutely like it's beautiful and you guys make awesome drinks and like the vibe is always really amazing yeah. and it's the kind of bar that like you couldn't just like let it go. Yeah, everyone was like talking about it. Everyone was behind you guys. Yeah, and, like really. Well, and supportive. when the fire happened, people were like, I mean, it, people were so supportive. I spent like days just answering emails, like you know, from people trying to help us and mm-hmm. people yeah. through fundraisers. Like within the week, mm-hmm. you know, three or four different fundraisers. Our whole staff had jobs within like five or six days. I think. Yeah, that, that's another places. huge thing. You yeah, know, like everybody. I mean, we had so many job offers, and everybody mm-hmm. was so. And everybody got placed, and that was yeah. ama- an amazing thing. You know, for for the community. All the way down to our porter. Yeah, like our porter. You know, got a job. That's amazing. Yeah. Isn't our industry amazing? It is. It's like, it, it is. It was amazing. There's more. There's pe- more people offering jobs than we even had people to yeah. fill. Yeah. I had to yeah. write email people back and be like, "This is so great. Like, I love you. This is fantastic. Everyone is." too busy now like everyone <laughs> everyone is working as I remember much as that possible yeah. that was that was intense man and, and like yeah. it was like it's so good to see how supportive that community is yeah and like i i, I don't know I, I say it all the time but i'm just like so happy to see like what our industry has turned into and yeah, like me too yeah it's like the best the best life decision i ever made was becoming a bartender yeah yeah you know yeah and and i really feel it you know every day and, and, and we're in a special city for it too you absolutely know? i mean there's there's something really magical about this particular yeah. bar community and we've been doing it for a long time you next because we're the best <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, let's stop talking about the uh, the fire yeah. and all that. Although, like, the outcome is super amazing. Yeah. Let's take a break, and when we get back, let's have a drink. Excellent. Sounds good to all me. Right. Cool. We'll be back in just a moment, talking with the guys from Donna. Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at InternationalCulinaryCenter.com. And we are back. Listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network dot org, and we have the guys from Donna in Brooklyn, New York, here in the studio today, pouring some. At, sorry, Jimmy, but yeah, the first kegger in the studio. <laughs> but these are not. Uh, we're not pouring beers in the cups. We're pouring some really amazing cocktails into the cups, and it's actually a riff. It's the uh, well. There was a classic. Uh, well, it's a classic cocktail, but. No one really knows about it, and it happens to be my favorite 
tiki drink. Actually, probably my favorite cocktail in existence. But it's got one of the most nondescript names. It's just called the Caribbean Rum Punch by Don the Beachcomber. So you've got the Donna's <laughs> Caribbean Rum Punch. You know, it, it, the fact that this is the first keg in the studio ever means we definitely need to have the first keg stand in the studio ever. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right, Jack, somebody, you're first somebody, up for that. Yeah. Somebody has to get, a, get up on, and do then it. do that. He's looking in here like, right, right now? <laughs> in the middle of the After show? After the show. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I know... Uh, we're we're pouring these out right now, so we should be talking about it, right? Yeah. So why don't you run us through it, Jeremy? Well, so part of uh, reopening, you know, one of the improvements we wanted to make, make was like uh, the place gets really busy, so we wanted to sort of speed up service and have options that were easier for you know easier to serve to people, especially on the weekends. And we thought that you know changing some of our beer lines over to draft cocktail lines would be a fun way to do that and still be able to offer like really cool, interesting cocktails and stuff like in, in a cocktail bar i feel like the the biggest complaint of cocktail bars is that drinks take too long right yeah and even that eater uh article that came out recently like the top 10 th- or you know how to build your own hipster bar and it was like you know you you pick like how long you want to wait for a drink you know yeah. um but the thing is is that d- being able to do high volume drinks in a way that you could still stand behind the recipe is difficult you know because you want to be able to do large batches of things but they need to be stable to an extent Mm -hmm. um and um we want to make sure that they're batched by somebody who knows what they're doing so it's consistent also you you lose there's a huge aspect of the experience that is like the presentation and the production of the the show of the drink and you lose that sometimes and you have to kind of like shore yourself up like you have to make up for it some with some other sort of like novel aspect sure to the to the guests, which is like, you know, every, places plenty of places have done draft, uh, like Manhattan's barrel aged Negronis, blah blah blah. And I've had some, you know, they're good and it's awesome and it 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 makes your life easier as a as a bartender. But when we were sitting down talking about the whole process and and putting these draft lines in, and at first we had I think one that was set up for carbonation and two of them that were. Like primarily nitrogenated, and I was like, "We should." The carbonation is the cool part. Like that's the part that you can do that you can't do. Yeah, yeah. Normally, is you can carbonate the whole volume of liquid, and and, yeah, and you're also able to make you're you're able to actually improve upon a cocktail exactly, exactly because of the consistency of the texture. So if you're carbon, like for instance, an aperol spritz, which we have on draft, which is maybe not the most fascinating cocktail on the planet, but still, when it's made well, it's delicious. It's a great drink. Uh, Aperol is more viscous and will float to the bottom of a drink. And the soda, because it's lighter, will float to the top. So the consistency of the drink is not the same from start to finish. If you carbonate the entire batch, it is consistent. You get these beautiful, tiny bubbles throughout. And Jeremy's riff... Brownie and mushroom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Constantly mixing through uh, carbonation. And then instead of just having a bunch of flat stuff topped off with sparkling stuff that just goes flat right away, you've got this like bubbly thing all the way through. Mm -hmm. Which just makes it really cool. Why wouldn't you why wouldn't you want that? Yeah, and and to me this was also just like, Hey, let's have a new toy. Let's play with this. Let's do something totally. I love using my easy charger and putting like blanc vermouth in it and just charging (laughs) blanc vermouth and spritzing it over some ice, you know. It's like that's one of my favorite things. This is a totally different format. Let's like, you know I'm starting to think of these things as like boozy sodas in a way. Yeah. of like you know cocktails that we're doing in a draft and just trying to think of like totally different things well you know? I mean like who doesn't like a fizzy cocktail I mean right. yeah seriously just at the end of the day it's like 
you know, even with the, you know, having, say, like, a, a, a barrel-aged Negroni or a nitrogenized uh, Manhattan on tap, it's like, all right, that's cool, man, but... There's some fizz in that. Even Dave Wondrich said in Imbibe, he was like, dude, you know what? You can top anything with champagne, and it's going to make it better. <laughs> automatically. Yeah. Automatically. Yeah. yeah. He's like, a Manhattan? It's great. You know what? Try throwing some champagne on top of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He actually said it in his book. Yeah, you, know? Yeah, and yeah. I, you know what? I did it after that. Yeah. and I was, I'd, I'd done it with Negronis, huh. but I'd never done it with Manhattans. But then I did it, and I was like, Psh. That's that's why he's the man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that acid and all that stuff that yeah. comes from the carbonation like gives a whole another level of structure. I, I, and I think I think like I think now we're finally at a point. Especially, dude, this is like the craziest, awesome, it's so like, good on draft cocktail I've had ever. Well, Matt and I were sitting around thinking like, what do we do for the other drinks? And Matt's just like, why don't we love tiki stuff? Why don't we do a tiki cocktail? That's amazing. And then I had done an event with Brian way back in the day that Tiki Adam actually brought in. The Brian root Miller? Beer for it. Yeah, Brian Miller yeah. back in the day. And this was one of the drinks. Yeah. And immediately I was like, well, that's got soda in it. Let's do this one because then yeah. we can Which is... the whole thing. And root, who doesn't love root beer? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know? come on. It's like the weirdest drink. It's the it's the platypus, like duck-billed platypus of the of it the is. canon. It, like, there's why, there's root beer in it? Why? Like, Cause, it's, yeah. a, it's one of maybe four Don the Beachcomber drinks that has anything carbonated in it at all. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, how is there only one like this? Like, how does he just like, oh, you know, I got bored, so I put root beer in one of them. Nah, he was actually, he was a soda jerk when he was a kid, and it was like, it was something mm-hmm. that he wanted to do to like go back to his soda jerk days. And uh, it's like, but like, it's not just the, the sarsaparilla root beer that goes into it. It's like, uh, one drop of absinthe, yeah, yeah. And, like three yeah. drops of grenadine, like mm-hmm. drops. Like what? Are, what are your drops, man? But and like yeah. when you take so a sip of it, there's stuff. all of this complexity yeah. that's going on. Like all those little additives really do create an incredible experience. You know, yeah. it's it's one of those drinks where you take the first sip and you're not sure if you like it, and then you keep going back, and then five minutes later you realize it's gone. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and then you're like, wait a minute, I think I really like that. You know, well, you guys have been really good about like causing a ruckus with like <laughs> your really super tasty drinks, like. I mean, I know we talked about it a little bit last yeah. time, but the Broncolata, I mean, yeah, I mean, come on. yeah, it's it's just kind of the best drink. Well, we put that <laughs> it's kind of like a monster. You have it in I a mean, frozen. We go through like thirty liters of that on a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I, I you spent, can't even keep up with the mint that you know, I didn't see with, one you know. of the barbacks. Like, there's one barback on the weekends who I don't even know if he comes to work all the time because he pretty <laughs> much spends the entire shift in the basement batching frozen drink, and we probably sell more of that. Than any other cocktail on the menu, like yeah. half again, like like fifty percent more broncoladas than any other drink. What's great about that is before you were you were making them all minute, yep. yeah, yeah. And we we're talking about the production and the speed of everything. Also, you know, just you guys are fucking killing it right now. <laughs> I mean, like you've got like fizzy draft tiki drinks, and then the other one that's like super huge your place, the broncolata. It's like, well, you know what, man. If I can get a fizzy uh, giraffe cocktail, which everyone loves, it's like throw in some Fernet Branca into a pina colada and put it in the frozen drink machine. <laughs> Out here at Roberta's in the backyard, they have a frozen drink machine. And, uh, I mean, they just they crush it. Yeah. They yeah. crush yeah. it. Yeah. So like People crazy. just love frozen drinks. You know? People love frozen drinks. Fizzy drinks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the original idea was we were going to try a whole bunch of different cocktails in there, but then people started to get really angry at us when we would ever change it out. Yeah. Yeah. So pissed. But like, like, we did Americanos in that once for Natasha's birthday, oh, my yeah. wife's birthday. 
Um, but yeah, people get really angry because they come in there just for this one thing. Yeah. And they bring their family from wherever they're visiting. For this <laughs> Seriously, like so, my, my uncle cool. and aunt are in town. We're going to come and drink this frozen drink here. Wait, why isn't it that thing? I'm yeah. so I'm so mad. Which is amazing <laughs> to create that experience for people. Then well, you're like, this great. is what we're doing this for. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's Donna's, Donna's always tried to like ride the line between, you know, we take our beverage program super seriously, but we also we want it to be fun. We want it to be accessible. We want people to come in, be able to get a drink in their hand quickly, and party, you know, and that's yeah. that's what this kind of the whole draft cocktail program has been about. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy, your wife's place, Nightcap. Yeah, I mean, it's one of my favorite. Like Nick mm-hmm. calls it the, the Damon Bolt special. I come in and get a wash of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, and then a, a sidecar of like a little tiny bamboo on draft, yeah. or a Pinot de Charente or, or something. Pinot de Ch- yeah, yeah, I get made fun of for that, but you know what? Pinot <laughs> but de I love Charente's that. I love that. It's delicious. Yeah. But her, you know, she does she does the same thing in in different in a different way. But like, it's very fun. serious, but super playful at yeah. the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you if you just know what you're doing, then you can have fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you can't like you can't bullshit a bullshitter, you know. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, like that's that's so great. What's what's really amazing about that place is like I, like I remember when I first worked in there, I was like, it's kind of it was kind of like intimidating in the way that I wanted to be intimidated like just just from the beauty of the the actual architectural like elements of the place and the the decor and everything like I still don't understand what the the weird like dotted circles are <laughs> like with the tile of the bathroom I, I'm just uh-huh. like that seems like some sort of witchcraft thing yeah. like some true detective stuff <laughs> you know <laughs> but I love it I love it um but uh you know like well we haven't even talked about like the food yet yeah I mean, like, what are you guys doing nowadays? Bro- Brooklyn Tacos coming back. They're oh. coming back August yes. 5th. Yeah, we, we love those guys, and it was such a good match for us. Um, <clears throat> we knew that it was probably they weren't going to be able to come back on day one, and we weren't sure if we would be ready for them on day one because we wanted sure. to, you know, try out our new bar and, like, figure it out first and make sure that even just, like, passageways for movement mm-hmm. behind the bar made sense. Um, now we're at that point, and Brooklyn Tacos ready to get things going again. And, cool, man. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so cool. I mean, like, I, I think it's it's really important for for businesses, and if you're in the same community of businesses, to be able to support each other. Yeah. And I think it's such a cool concept to like have them come in, like totally, and be working together with. It's them. dude. It's yeah. like having a taco truck, except they're there's inside. There's no truck. You yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. But there's no truck. Just tacos. <laughs> yeah. No <laughs> truck. Just tacos. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like fun, easy food that fit the vibe of the space. And, yeah. yeah. What, what I always loved about it too is that it didn't turn Donna into a restaurant. You know, when yeah. we when we first had a food program in there, and I, it was a really beautiful food program that was created um, by Jessica Wilson, who's over at um, uh, Deer Bushwick. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I, I think people walked in and they thought it was maybe a little higher, like a, more of an elevated dining experience than we were really prepared to give. Right. Um, and um, it was not sustainable, you know. So yeah. we went through a, pe- a period where we kind of didn't have anything, and we were like, well, what are we going to do? And so when I, I found Brooklyn Taco on the way to band practice, walking down Essex, they were in Essex Market, and I was like, Brooklyn Taco, I'd never heard of them. And I walked in, and I asked Jesse, the owner, I was like, um, where's your location in Brooklyn? He's like, oh, actually, we don't have one right now. I was like, you're Brooklyn Taco, and you don't have a location in Brooklyn? I was like, come to my bar, <laughs> man, you know. That's and, amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. I love Essex Market. That's where Heritage Foods and uh, Saxby Cheesemongers are as well. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, it, yeah, I mean, like, I usually, I'm usually, I'll pop in there, like, when I'm getting off the train to, like, go do bad things at St. Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, or go to Nightcap, brother. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, that's amazing, man. I'm really, I'm really excited for you guys. It's yeah. so awesome that you're back and like just greater than ever, really. Yeah, I mean, it and really is. Doing these re- really great <clears throat> drinks. I mean, and bringing kegs to the studio. I'm super <laughs> thankful for that. You know, clearly. Anytime, man. Yeah. Anytime. I'm, and you know, outside of the cocktails on draft too, I just want to mention that Matt and Jeremy have put together a really impressive menu of our all minute cocktails. Absolutely, man. That I'm, I'm, I've never been more pleased about our offerings now. And, um, I just think it's it's awesome. I'm I'm so happy when I walk in there now. You know? I have to ask, what's up with all the old granddad bottles? Uh, well, before we closed on Mondays, and it's an industry party that we're actually going to bring back. We would have guest bartenders come in, um, and it was kind of it was called Brooklyn Battles, and a guest bartender would come in with their a cocktail of their creation, and they would kind of go up against one of our bartenders with one of their creations. Um, and we would offer bottle service, but it was just like a fifth of, <laughs> of old granddad. The and then it was like four, yeah, four, the, the bonded, yeah, yeah, four like Miller High Life's and then a, a little shorty bottle yeah. of old granddad. And, I think, so. I, and we'd have them sign There's the bottle. A hall, and hall of Fame, them. yeah. Well, I think the everybody. first person that did it, they drank it all and they were like, whoa, that was really a lot. That was way harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, we have to like document this, that we did this. <laughs> So they signed it, and then That's we just like, kept it around. And it just seemed it, it just didn't make sense to throw it away. So we just kept yeah, the bottles. Yeah, they were all up there, yeah. covered with. We, we reclaimed them from the from the the Wreckage, morass. Yeah, yeah and we were like cleaning <laughs> all these bottles <laughs> off. And Leaf was like, "Should we throw these out?" It's like, I don't know. I think we should keep them. It's like part of the history now. Yeah. Part of the and they're lore. very proudly displayed yeah. on yeah. the yeah. top yeah. shelf. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's great to have such a like kind of bottom shelf whiskey way up yeah. on the top <laughs> shelf and you're like 20 foot ceiling yeah, that's you right. know, like yeah. <laughs> shelving well guys um, man this has been great it's great to have you back in the studio it's thank great you for having you, us Dan. yeah absolutely man I'm really psyched for you guys everyone should check out Donna when you're in Brooklyn it's uh, Donna B-K-L-Y-N dot com mm-hmm. if you want to check out the website and also check it out for, for your video that you were mentioning before yeah and uh, man and thanks again for bringing a keg into the studio. Anytime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really, really rad. Yeah. Um, guys, again, wish you all the best of luck. Uh, I love going to that place and can't wait to be there again soon. Hope to see you soon. All right, thanks. This has been an awesome show with Speakeasy. Check out Heritage Radio Network for lots of cool shows and lots of cool people. Well, that's it for this week. Cheers. listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the itunes store by searching heritage radio network you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at heritage underscore radio you can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org heritage radio network is a 501c3 nonprofit. to donate and become a member visit our website today thanks for listening <laughs>